Suzanne Zakaria joins this episode of Our Conversation and um, in it we discuss data security uh, with a specific look at how business should be looked to ramp up the emphasis they put on the humble mobile phone. Um, we explore all kinds of examples of businesses, whether through ignorance, naivety, and leaving themselves massively exposed to data risks. Um, and obviously we've all had to go and work from home pretty quickly and a lot of that is mobile working and, and perhaps businesses haven't had the chance to really do their due diligence and think about the risks of the mobile phone. So Suzanne walks us through loads of different types of cybersecurity attacks and threats that organisations need to be aware of. Now one there are themselves to provide a great suite of cloud security solutions for mobile remote users which is why Suzanne was definitely the right person to have this conversation with. She's an expert um, when it comes to this stuff. Um, and at a time when it's more important than ever to protect our people at home, confidential data that they have in their hands, you've got the phishing attacks and the malicious or risky apps out there. Hopefully this, this conversation gives you guys um, just a little little insight into the types of things you can be doing to uh, just to, to short your, your mobile security. My name is Suzanne Sicaria. I'm the sales director for the UK and Ireland for Wondera. And Wondera is a cloud security company that helps uh, customers to manage and secure their data usage, whether that's on a phone, a tablet, a laptop. Um, and the reason why people want to do that is because we're using data uh, at astronomical levels on these devices. And Therefore, hackers are targeting these devices with all different kinds of threats. It could be uh, a text asking for your financial information. It could be an app you're using that's using your video. Um, it could be a user that is traveling to loads of different countries and uh, spending loads of money on data. Wondera can help you to manage all of these different things. And it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? The, um, I remember when we first worked together how this was a new thing. Um, and I don't even think people took mobile security. Uh, it was just completely not even thought about. Mm -hmm. um, would you say it's the most um, risky thing that businesses have that they give out to people? It can be, yes. Uh, we're using more data on mobile devices now than traditional PCs. And no IT manager would give out a PC or uh, give access to a PC without some form of antivirus and web security and content filtering to, to stop people from browsing inappropriate content. Whereas for mobile, because they've changed relatively quickly, they've evolved quickly in a short space of time, some IT teams have taken quite a long time to manage them and secure them in the way that they should be. If we look at mobile devices, 10, 15 years ago, if you had one, it was probably a BlackBerry and all you did was access email and BlackBerry was very secure at the time. But now we have access to iOS, to Android, to Windows 10, um, to lots of different devices with millions of different applications. And therefore, the way that we would manage them 10 years ago is very different to how we should manage them now. We should manage them and secure them in the same way that we would a PC. Um, because they have just as much information, if not more, um, mm. and we use them twenty four seven as opposed to just nine to five. Yeah, and what what are the common mistakes then that you see businesses make, other than not thinking about it at all? Because that's probably the biggest mistake that they could make. I think the number one is if you use iOS, 
a lot of customers still think that iOS is completely immune from malware, that Apple is a very secure platform, which it is, uh, but there are threats that we're finding that could impact any uh, operating system. A phishing attack doesn't care if you've got an iPhone or an Android device, um, it can attack you on either way. And what they're trying to do there is just get some financial information from you or get your username and password. Um, people are very familiar with phishing attacks in email um, and hopefully people don't respond to suspicious emails or from, from emails that from people that they don't know. But it's, it's very tricky on mobile devices to determine a phishing attack in, for example, an SMS or on LinkedIn Messenger, where it can look very le legitimate. It's usually asking you to click on a link that takes you to a website that, again, looks quite legitimate. Um, and because the screen is so small on a mobile device, you uh, might not see the full URL or it might look like a normal URL, but you can't see that they're uh, actually using Punicode that distorts some of the uh, fonts and, and means the URL doesn't, isn't what it seems to be. Um, so uh, yeah, I think iOS is, a, is still a big one or um, people thinking that their UEM solution, their unified endpoint management system is able to detect the full spectrum of mobile threats as well. Um, they can help you to manage and secure your physical device, but if you want to protect your users from mobile threats, you need something that's, uh, that's looking in line at your data and protecting not only at the endpoint, but also at the network level. So there's a bit of a gap if you're just protecting uh, the physical endpoint. Yeah. It's really interesting that because because actually I, I I sit here listening to you you make you make it sound so simple, but at the same time you said a few things that if you hadn't then kind of broken out the the acronyms I'd be going you what, and so I wonder <laughs> are the smaller businesses getting confused are they getting overwhelmed by it and just fingers crossed hope for the best. I think it's probably and uh, um, the the last thing you said that people get overwhelmed because if you've let's say you've just given out mobile devices to your users, especially now, a lot of businesses around the world have suddenly had to provide these um, devices for their users to help them to work remotely, where previously they were purely office-based, purely desk-based. Um, so if you're having to provide loads of uh, devices to your users and then you Google and search for terms you know how do i manage these devices how do i secure you come up with loads of different technologies some of them which are complementary rather than competing technologies it's very difficult to know where to start how do they they being business owners small business owners SMEs, how where do they start that that, that was the bit that i was coming to is there's an awful lot of information to take in awful lot to think about where do they start how do they approach getting this right uh, i think Right is different for, a, for each organization. It depends what their priorities are. If, you've, if you're a small organization, for example, you might not necessarily need a central way to manage your mobile fleet. You might just be worried about people clicking on sites that are hosting malware or downloading malicious applications and therefore like I say, centrally manage, managing using a UM might not 
be a consideration, whereas something that is protecting against those threats that we mentioned uh, is a high priority. So for them, they could start um, by using a mobile threat defense solution. Um, and then as they grow, they might decide that they, they want to centrally manage with a UEM. But having a UEM is not vital for any organization. It makes it easier to uh, manage devices if you've got you know, hundreds or, or thousands. Um, but I don't think there is a right way. I think it, it would be worth doing a mobility maturity assessment and highlighting what is a priority for you. Um, but each company will have different priorities. Again, kind of just harked back to, to how we first worked together. I, I, and I think one of the things that's really come through in uh, this whole coronavirus pandemic is the need to have really good partners and a really good ecosystem of partners around you to help you with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who should there, so let's say, you know, it's me, 50 employee recruitment agency, because that's a sector I know. Who, chances are they outsource their IT is the IT team always going to be the best people to challenge for IT security and getting that right? And, and of course, therefore, the mobile piece. Um, or does it need to be higher up the food chain? Does, does it need to be the MD, the CEO saying, I need to take responsibility for this? It's, it's a difficult question. Um, I would I <laughs> say it's so much easier to get sign off for a project uh, like this if you have senior buy-in from the MD or the CEO or whoever it is, because they are putting their backing on the project. Um, And you know that if people aren't um, complying by your policies or if they are refusing to enroll the devices with whatever service you've chosen, then it goes back to the CEO. Whereas if it's coming from the IT team, Um, either you go through the whole project cycle and you're about to buy a solution and then it gets goes to the CEO to to, for sign off and they say no too expensive and uh, the project gets canned because they haven't been bought into the solution Um, that could also happen as well which would be a nightmare Mm -hmm. Um, so really you need backing from the IT team because they're going to be the ones that will uh, manage the solution and probably get the questions from the users, uh, but having the backing from someone senior, whether that's the CFO or the CEO or CIO or whoever, um, will really help to make the case strong within the organization. And it should be a high priority because think about how much data is being shared on these devices. It's not just personal data, it's company data, financial data, business data, why would you want any of that to be insecure? Yeah. Um, you need to make it a high priority. Yeah. And is it, I was going to use the word easy, nothing's ever easy, is it? <laughs> is, are, is it easier to get the board to th- consider these things? I think you make a really good point, the whole, because we have it the whole time when we're compared to a, a standard telecoms provider and we will get to sign off and it'll be, you're too expensive, or why are you so much more expensive? Um, is it getting easier for people to convince the board that this isn't about how much it costs, it's about how much it could save you, it's, it's a well worthwhile investment because of the business risks that you're mitigating? Has it got easier for you, I guess is what I'm saying, or are you still coming up against a lot of apathy, a lot of 
naivety, ignorance? Uh, it is becoming easier because people are seeing examples of threats more frequently. Um, I have to say, recently I was with quite a, a large bank in the UK and they said that they were not going to look at a mobile threat defence solution until their competitor, another big UK bank, um, was hit by a threat and put in a mobile threat defence solution. They didn't know if that other company had a mobile threat defence solution, but they wanted to hear a story of a huge data breach before they uh, made any changes to their security policies for mobile, which is crazy, right? Mm. Why would you wait for something bad to happen? Surely you'd want to prevent it from happening in the first place. And that's not to say that something bad hadn't happened. You know, they, they probably were victims of um, lots of different types of malware attack, but nothing so major that it brought the company down. Um, so they didn't feel that they needed to, to do anything. But to answer your question, it is becoming easier because most people have seen some form of threat on their mobile devices uh, over the last few years. It might have been a text message from someone pretending to be Microsoft asking you to update your Office 365 details. Um, we've even had customers where they've got a text saying it's from the finance director asking um, to transfer money to another account. Um, and there was one customer that responded to these text messages and actually transferred a significant amount of money to a hacker's uh, bank account. So these kind of stories make it easier for us because customers understand that there is a threat on mobile. Um, right. And then you, we hear high profile attacks like um, Jeff Bezos being hacked. Um, and there was a story last year, not about a hack, but just about um, apps using too much information. I don't know if you saw it, but there was uh, an app, the La Liga app, the Spanish football app. Um, so used by millions of people around the world. When you download it, it would ask for access to your location services and to your microphone. Now, if you think about it for a couple of seconds, you, you might think why on earth would a football scores app need access to that information but most people just click accept without even thinking about the consequences and that's what these people did and what it was what the app was doing is using your location to determine if you were in a pub or a bar and then it would turn on the microphone to see if the pub or bar was showing the football which would then cross-reference to see if the pub or bar had a license to show the football. So using your phone as spyware to help prevent piracy, but I'm sure the users of this app would not be happy to know that that's what it was being used for. And who's to say they didn't pick up private conversations? Who's to say that's the only time the um, microphone was on? These are the kind of things we're dealing with with, uh, with mobile devices where we really need to look at what we're allowing educating the users as well and showing the entire workforce that there is a threat on mobile and people need to be careful that's that's crazy that's really crazy isn't it that they, they can even do that so two things happen in my mind is one is i'm actually amazed at the technical capability of that app to do that in the first place because <laughs> uh, in itself that's quite clever let's face it um mm, i'm sure it uses a lot of data to <laughs> yes, uh, to get that yeah. as well um 
but but then you kind of go from the yeah that's quite clever to the the, the sheer audacity of a business to, to actually mm. do that yes uh, well it said in the terms and conditions it explained what it was using that for but nobody reads the terms and conditions yeah. how many brands hide behind the t's and c's because <laughs> they're right no one's ever going to read it and, mm -hmm. uh, that's how they get away with a lot of these things, I suppose. Yeah. And what exacerbates the problem for a lot of these applications is that the apps are made by third party developers that are nothing to do with the organization. And therefore they don't potentially, they, they just want to get an app that meets the requirements of their customer. They're not necessarily worried about the brand of um, their customer. And um, we've seen that in the past with, um, high profile companies, um, in, including two very famous airlines, where their application was um, due to some poor coding, showing full credit card information unencrypted at the payment part of the app. Uh, and this wasn't the airline's fault, it was the developer's fault, which was a completely different company. But these things happen all the time. We find about one in 25 apps leak sensitive credentials it's not always your credit card details, but it could be your username or your password or your location. And the problem with a lot of users is that they use the same username and password for multiple yeah. different sites. And we've seen recently in the news about House Party, um, yeah. the video chatting app that's increased in popularity since our lockdown. Um, a lot of people, I, I got a few text messages uh, on WhatsApp forwarded from my friends saying, don't use house party. It's very dangerous. It's stealing people's details and stealing money out of their accounts. Turns yeah. out it wasn't actually doing this, but these users were using the same username and password for all of the apps that they were using. And so your username and password was actually taken from a different app that you're using. It could have been Spotify or, or Netflix or something like that. But because they'd seen articles on the internet about house party leaking data and, and stealing money, they jumped on the bandwagon as well and said, oh, I, I, I got money stolen from, from house party too. Yeah. So trying to convince people that they need to use different passwords, secure passwords is a very difficult message. And my friends even text me um, after we published a story about that uh, and said he uses the same username and password for every single one of the sites that he uses. I won't tell you who he is, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but uh, that is a huge concern to me. If you're going to use an outsourced developer to build your app, making sure that they behave in the right way um, because it's it's house party's brand that took the hit um, not the developer in that instance um, but also how much of this is just user error <laughs> you know the, the human is still the biggest point of risk in all of this yes totally and that's why education is so important um, explaining to users what can happen on their mobile devices uh, or on any endpoint that they're using, how they can be tricked, um, and the type of threats that are out there. And that's what we try and do at Wondera. We um, notify the user if they have got a threat on their device. They don't need to do anything. Wondera is protecting them from any threats um, that appear there, but um, letting them know what they did to generate the threat um, is the number one message. And 
um, showing them what to look out for. Like, um, for example, the, the URL. Does the URL look legitimate? Uh, a lot of uh, malicious sites that we find, the beginning of the URL looks absolutely fine. So it might be www.apple.com. But what's after the .com? Is it a huge long URL and actually it's nothing to do with Apple? Uh, you really need to check that. Is it an email that is asking you to click on a link that is going to direct you somewhere to ask for more information? Check that. Um, a lot of our customers in December received a text saying it was from EE um, asking you to update your billing information and then it would take you to a NatWest site um, to, to put in your, your billing information. And hackers are using the features of your mobile device to their advantage. The fact mm. that you can send an SMS now from a name rather than just a random phone number is to a hacker's advantage because I can send a text te telling the person that I'm from EE when I'm actually nothing to do with EE. And if you've ever got a text from EE in the past, a legitimate one, your phone trying to be helpful will put all of those messages in the same folder. So you can't tell the difference between the legis legitimate text and my fake phishing text. Um, so, so these are all, all things that hackers are, are thinking about. They're using your, the feature of your device um, to help to help trick them. So you have to be extra vigilant. And that's the same for Wi-Fi hotspots as well. Not something that we need to worry about now because we can't, <laughs> we can't go out, but connecting to public Wi-Fi hotspots where um, someone could set up a spoof Wi-Fi hotspot and call it Starbucks free Wi-Fi, Heathrow free Wi-Fi, uh, and just wait for people to connect to it um, and then perform a man in the middle attack, which would be an interception of your data where they could read your emails, intercept some financial information. Um, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Yeah, scary as well, <laughs> because I bet we've all done it without realising it. Actually, I haven't since uh, I, I started working with you guys four, five or six years ago. I've always been very careful about what I log on to. Um, but I do remember we did that. We actually did a spoof Wi-Fi, and uh, we then did some live demonstrations of Man on the Middle, uh, Man in the Middle, I should say, attacks. Uh, on some people that should know better. Um, mm -hmm. So um, we, we certainly showed a few people uh, uh, a few new, new things that day. Um, what, yeah. what was and I think... Sorry, go on, you go, and then I'll, 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 I'll ask my question after. The, the only thing I was going to add is that one of the things that people need to stop doing is thinking that they are not important enough to be the victim of a malicious attack. These attacks don't seek out certain people. I mean, some do, if we think about spear phishing attacks, for example, that's a targeted attack on a specific individual or a specific um, organization. But mostly these threats that we're experiencing are automated. They're trying to get out to as many people as possible in the quickest amount of time. And as a result of that, things like phishing attacks are the number one threat on mobile because they can be released very quickly. They have a very short lifespan. The average phishing attack is um, online for about 14 minutes, I think. A new phishing attack is released every 20 seconds. So wow. stop thinking that you are not going to be a victim. Anybody can be a victim. If you have information that is on the internet, 
if you have a mobile device that connects to the internet, you can be a victim. I always think a CEO or finance director, the chances are they've got the, the latest P&L or access to the bank accounts, probably sat in their email and they've just got happily got their, the, the, their Outlook app on their iPhone. And mm -hmm. all it takes is for them to connect to the wrong network, allow someone onto their device that in that way, shape or form. And some very sensitive and confidential information is at the fingertips of people that you don't want it to be at. Mm -hmm. um, and I bet people just don't even consider that. And yet, you're right, they would never leave their laptop behind. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just trying to change people's mindsets. And it, it is a behavioral shift because yeah. even if it's a corporate-owned device, a lot of users forget that and think it's their personal device. And so yeah. they don't want something that's monitoring their data or they, they don't want any kind of security on their device because they think that, the company is looking at their emails or something like that. It's not doing yeah. that. Um, but it, like I say, it goes back to the original message just about educating the users and explaining what we need to do on, on mobile devices is the same as what we need to do on our PCs. Yeah. Perhaps more so because we use our mobile devices more. Yeah. What's interesting about that example you gave is that actually what, what we're almost saying is that people trust their employee employers less than hackers yes. you know, even though it's my employer and they give me this device and they own it and they pay for it i still don't want them to be able to see what i'm doing on it mm -hmm. therefore maybe it's just crazy isn't it because again you wouldn't do that with your laptop well i'm sure some people have but you'd, yeah you wouldn't do it and that kind of moves on to the um to the policy part of the solution as well yes you know people are becoming more aware of the, the mobile threats or the uh, malware that we're finding, but there, for most organizations, then they need to enforce an acceptable usage policy on their mobile devices in the same way that, that, that they would their PCs. As you said, most people know not to browse inappropriate content on their PC, but one in seven users will access adult gambling content on their mobile device every week. So, why do they think it's appropriate on a mobile device? Probably because they're out of the office and they think it's fine. They might be on a train or uh, at home or in a hotel room or, or something like that, but it's still a company device. Yeah. Should you, should you be able to do that? It could cause reputational damage to the company. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so no, really appreciate it. Great to speak. Yeah. I love you speaking um, with you. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.